Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's time once again for Closing the Wealth Gap. The one show, maybe the only show that shows you how to close the wealth gap in your own life with the man who's done it for many, our wealth coach himself, Tyrone French. Hey, Tyrone. Welcome, welcome everybody to the show to closing the wealth gap. Paul, great introduction. Um, wow, there's so much happening in the world right now. <laughs> uh, you know, I read an article where uh, the Fed chair right now is is warning people about interest rates rising. And interest rise, rates rising. I haven't seen that since the eighties. Yeah. Yes. Right. And so what they're talking about is inflation. Yeah. Uh, it's the cold word. What's it, they're talking about inflation, but what happens is in our economy, when, if you have too much money circulating at any given time, what it does is it waters down the value of the money. So it's not that prices are going up. What's happening is that the money is being watered down to whereas you need more dollars to buy the same thing. Let me give an example. Back in 1990, uh, it would cost you $1 to buy an item. Okay. Fast forward to 2021, it would cost you $2 to buy that same item. Now think about what I just said. Not because yeah. the price went up, not because it suddenly cost, it, it was more expensive that item or they raised the price because they wanted to make more profit. The money didn't go as far. You didn't get as much bang for your buck. So think about this. If you're not getting the bang for your buck and your wages are stagnant, it didn't matter. It doesn't matter how much money you tried to save. The longer you held on to that money, the more it was watered down. Ouch. So the value became less and less and less. And so now you need more of it. So let me let's put it in practical terms. Let's say if you had a retirement plan and now you started drawing money out of your retirement plan and you anticipated maybe taking 4% a year out of your retirement plan. I'm just throwing a hypothetical number out there. Right. Let's or let's say you planned on living on maybe uh $2,000 a month. Let's say you paid off your house, you paid off your cars, your credit card debt was 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 minimum and you planned on living on $2,000 a month. Well, guess what? Fast forward to whereas monetary or inflation, which is, I call it the hidden tax. Now things cost more money. So now you have to pull more money out of your retirement plan. If you're pulling more money out of your retirement plan and most of those retirement plans were tax deferred. So now guess what? You got to pay tax on that money. So the more money you pull out, the more taxes that you're paying. And if, and if the value of what you were paying for is less, you got to pull out not 2000, but $4,000 out of the same account to live off of. So Paul, what I'm saying is that that's why you see a lot of people in their retirement years working at Walmart yeah. or working at McDonald's. Yeah. You know, cause the good news is I'm going to live to be 90. The bad news is though, I'm, I'm going to live to be 90. 90. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it's a, it's a cause and effect relationship to everything that we're talking about. And, 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 you know, this show is closing the wealth gap, but what we have to start doing, Paul, is addressing the core mindset 
of wealth creation. Isn't that it? That really seems to be that you, the feeling that it's beyond us. I have no control over my financial future. Exactly. So if for me, I wanted to acquire wealth. Mm -hmm. That was my goal. That was my purpose. I would, that was my, um, what do you call it? My, my auto suggestion. That was mm -hmm. my narrative as far as acquiring wealth. I did not want to work for money my entire life. Mm -hmm. So I began to think in terms of creating income producing assets. What can I do that's going to generate an income for me for the rest of my life? We live in a society where the overall mindset is people trading time for money. That's it. You've talked about it many times and it really has, it's a phrase that has stuck in my mind now. Am I trading my time for some money? I'll spend an hour there and you're going to give me some money or am I going to use my time to create some sort of little machine that's going to print money for me for the rest of my life here. Exactly. So it goes back to, like I said, mindset. And when we really start having to address how people think in terms of their financial freedom, let me tell you what my, what my goal is. Okay. I want to help as many people as I can to become first generation millionaires. <laughs> Why? because I became a first generation millionaire for my family. So going, it goes back to the law of reciprocity, reciprocity, give and it shall be given unto you. So if you really, if you really want to acquire something, help somebody else acquire it. That seems counterintuitive, but you're back to these, you're always quoting the, the, the great book, the Bible itself here. And it is, or some I would like to say us old hippies, Hey, what goes around comes around, baby. Well, you know, it's, it's in the Bible. And again, I am not a Bible scholar, um, but that book, it has so, it has so much knowledge, so much wisdom, so yeah. much information, but the only way that you pull it out is that you have to read it. You have to study it. And the only way that you, the only way that you acquire understanding is through studying. Can I give you a, a funny example? I'm just going to sure. take a second here. We do lots of shows on the station, mostly business shows. And we had a guy on the other day, very wealthy. I forgot what his core business. He was some kind of, he created, I think he created LifeSpring or one of those giant uh, uh, trainings. Like at, I think he had worked for Est and he created, he was one of the co-creators of LifeSpring. This guy's worth hundreds of millions of dollars. And he's talking, he's plugging his latest book on one of our shows. And somebody asked him, he said, what's the basis? Can we boil all this down just to a couple sentences? And he smiled. He says, well, I hate to say it, but my book and every other book I are is only derivative of two books. One is the one you quote all the time, Think and Go Rich. The first look at how did famous rich people like Henry Ford and Harvey Firestone and Thomas Edison, how did they become rich? What, what was their mindset? What masterminds did they create? And he said, in the other book, he said that that's the source of all this financial wisdom is the Bible. The Bible. I thought, you know, and oh my God, that's Tyrone's whole <laughs> shtick right there. Yeah. And you know, it's a secret that's in plain view. Yeah. And, and I, I, I'm, I can almost guarantee you, especially in the African-American community, black community, if you go into somebody's house, you're going to find a Bible in that house. I'll bet. Yeah. 
it may have a lot of dust on it, but, but, <laughs> but, but it's there. You're gonna it's not in it. a drawer somewhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's going to be out in the open or it might, it might, might even be on the, the nightstand, you yeah. know, but again, I, I absolutely 100% agree with what he just said. Cause you know, think and grow rich. What they're saying is that you don't go, you don't grow rich by as far as the, the manifestation. It's not just the doing. Yeah. What you have in, the process is you have to, it's a philosophy. Mm -hmm. The first thing that you, the first step is your philosophy. And that philosophy could be either positive or negative. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Zig Ziggly, Zig Ziggly just to say, I talk, you know, let's talk about thinking or stinking thinking. You mm -hmm. have stinking thinking. What he was saying is that you either have a negative uh, way of looking at things or you're going to have a positive way of looking at things. So that, that philosophy transmits into or transmutes into attitude yeah can I, i'll give you i'll give you another funny story i'm sorry to cut you off but you you're 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 giving me all these thought starters today and one of them immediately came to my mind this well, morning the audience is doing the same thing because yeah. that, again with think and grow rich and the law of success which was the first book that napoleon hill wrote mm -hmm. what he was saying is that this i this book is designed to get your creativity going yeah. it's designed to give you ideas or things where two people come together and create that third mind what he was saying is that that becomes organized power so what you're the so just by the conversation and just by what you're saying as far as all of these thoughts and ideas are starting to pop up, that's exactly what we want to happen. So go ahead. All right. So this morning, I didn't know we were going to talk about this today. Uh, I'm a grew up in the Midwest. Don't get too excited. It's always uh, tone yourself down. Don't get too looking into the future. Just kind of accept the way not things are. Not too high, not too low. Yeah, not too high, not too low. And that's the sweet spot you're looking for in life. Don't aspire, but don't grumble either. Just kind of find that middle round. And so I said to my wife, kiddingly, she said, she said, what's today going to be like? I said, I don't know. And she said, is this going to, mm. she said, she looked at me, she, she doesn't usually say this kind wow. of philosophical stuff. She said, is this going to be the best day of your life or the worst day of your life? And I look, and I thought to myself, oh, this will, if, if I got a choice, it's probably going to be the worst day of my life here. It's hard for most of us to get up and think this is going to be a great day. It's much easier to think, I don't know, I'm going to be late. It's going to be, I'm going to get in trouble. Something bad's going to happen. I can believe that, but something big is going to happen. And doesn't that immediately become then my reality that I live the rest of that day? It, it, you chose that reality for yeah. yourself based on, based on that narrative. Could be either so, way. So yeah. think about this. You don't have to plan on being poor. <laughs> you don't have to do that. that that's something that it's, it's going to be, it's a given, it's a byproduct, but you have to plan in order to be financially successful. Say that again. I never plan. heard anybody say that you don't have to plan to be poor, but you got to what? You have to plan to be to have financial freedom Wow. or be financially successful. And again, going back to your friend that has the, uh, you, you said that he was, he was wealthy. He was, he was worth millions of dollars, hundred million dollars, yeah. hundreds of millions of dollars. Okay. Well, you on, on paper, your net worth could be hundreds of millions of dollars, but you can still be poor based on cash flow. Oh yeah. Well, so the term, and again, not, not taking anything away from people as far as that's accumulated hundreds of millions of dollars or even billions of dollars. But the operative word is cash flow. Yeah. You need cash flow. So, like I said, if you're not 
thinking about creating wealth or being wealthy. And it goes back to my definition of what wealth is. You're wealthy when the income from your assets exceeds the outgo from your liabilities and expenses. Because again, when you say what, what somebody is worth, we're talking about assets and liabilities, income and expenses. Everybody has those. If you, if you, if you have a job, and you have income and expense, you're running a business. But it, again, but it goes back to a cause and effect relationship. So going back to the Bible, it calls it sowing and reaping. Yeah, yeah. You're going to reap what you have sown. And here's, here's one of my, my favorite scriptures. Uh, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. So what your wife was telling you based on what type of day you're going to have, she just wanted to know what type of seeds you were sowing. Yeah, right. <laughs> Mentally. And, but why is it so much harder? I, I studied a little bit of philosophies and certain things, and the great Buddha himself supposedly said, what do you remember more in life? One good thing that happens? I'm sorry, uh, 10 good things that happen or one bad thing? We focus mm. on the bad. We expect the bad. We look for the bad. We're ready for the bad. My dad was that Midwestern training, you know, don't get yourself to it. What's the worst that can happen? My dad was always teaching me, what's the worst that can happen? Now, I know he's trying to anticipate and look ahead. It's like in a battlefield, what's that can happen? But then you're only looking for the bad all the time. I'm never looking for the good. I'm looking, I'm looking to protect the downside. I'm not looking to, to take advantage or create an upside. You're absolutely right. And so the issue is how do you overcome that? Yeah, right. By by correcting the way you think. Absolute control over. And that's our thoughts. I'll give you another that's philosopher, the great, great Marcus Aurelius, the epi- the um, Stoic philosopher and Roman emperor once said, I'll never forget this one, uh, one of the few things I learned out of that class. And he said, you can't change what happens to you, but you can change how you react to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it goes back to, to knowing yourself, know thyself. Oh, we're going to go Socrates. there again here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Th- know that. So again, I'm not trying to get uh, too deep or too philosophical, but you will never close the wealth gap in your life unless you, you narrow down as far as that mindset and correct the, your pattern of thought. So- and it goes back to sowing and reaping your mind is like a fertile field and it will produce from whatever seeds are dropped in it. So if there are seeds of wealth, then that's what is going to manifest or seeds of wealth and and abundance. But if there's seeds of poverty and lack, then that's what it's going to produce. And so what we tend to do is look at the result of something of the reaping, but we fail to focus on the cause of the result. And that's what I really want to get my listeners to understand and start focusing on the cause or the sowing and not the reaping. So that sounds so simple. And, I, and I've heard something like that beat into my brains, but I've had years of other thoughts beat into my brain. Be careful. Look out. Oh, that's for somebody else. You can't do that. Now, come on. That's rich people. They're, the, the, they're not like us. Um, why, why have we built this narrative into our head one and how do we get out of it? It isn't just shake it off and go, okay. I mean, we got to take some steps or do it. Cause it's, we're, we're like brainwashed. 
Paul, there was a time when I used to say, I hate math. <laughs> I I hate math. I hate taking exams. Right. Those, th those were two things that guaranteed <laughs> my failure at the end of that exam. Yeah. I hate math. So therefore, I'm not going to put the time in to study, to develop, and to grow in that area. And when I got to, to sit down and take the exam, uh, I didn't want to do it. So I was frustrated. I was stressed out, whatever. But then all of a sudden, again, I understood. It, it took me going to the Navy, took me going to the military. Mm -hmm. When I went to my avionics school, it was on basic electricity and electronics. Um, I didn't know this before I got there. But in order to graduate from that school, you had to you had to pass every one of your exams with 100 percent accuracy. Oh, my goodness. I can't do that. Ninety nine percent didn't cut it. Didn't do it. That's so it, I quickly changed the mindset as far as me not liking math to me wanting to, math became my ally. Because I, in order for me to understand these circuits and understand the theory, I, the math went hand in hand with it. Well, and so think about it. It makes sense because you're now, you're the go-to guy. When that plane crashes or gets ready to take off, again, I'm thinking of the worst. When it's ready, well, it's not ready to go. And somebody says, French, fix it. You can't say, I think I got 99% of it. <laughs> exactly. You know, the, the, the two the, the, the two hardest jobs in the world, and I didn't find this out until after the fact, uh, but the number one dangerous, most hazardous job in the world is working on the flight deck of an aircraft. Carrier. That's what I've heard over and over again. Yeah, it's really. and It's an I, orchestrated I, chaos. Yeah, they're ducking and moving. It's a symphony. It's a symphony it really of is, something yeah. that's just waiting to go wrong. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. When it goes right, it's beautiful. Yeah, I'll bet. But when it goes bad, my God. God, it's, it's devastating. Yeah. It's devastating. People every, die. Every single, every single time we went out on aircraft carrier and we did flight ops or we were uh, in the, I don't care if it's the Indian or whatever, we always lost somebody. We always lost somebody. And so the thing is, when I was working on the aircraft, on that flight deck, again, sometimes I would pinch myself because it's like, wow, they're actually paying me to do this. It was, it got, I got so much of a thrill out of it, so much of a rush out of it. And I was so good at what I did, not to be, not to brag and no, say, but, you know, to pat right. myself on the back, but it was the training that I had received. I didn't have to think about what I needed to do. I knew what I needed to do. I was just waiting for the scenario to happen so that I could jump into action. And so it was the same thing with finances. If I could master going through basic like basic electricity and electronics in the Navy, and go to avionics school in the in the in the Navy, and get out and work for McDonnell Douglas as a quality assurance administrator within 90 days of working in that company, and then transferring to uh, New York Life Insurance Company, which is a very ex prestigious insurance company, yeah. to just walk in the door and say, "Hey, knock knock, I'm here. I want to work for you guys." And they they're like, "Okay, yeah, you're you're exactly the type of person we're looking for." And then to get my finances in order, Paul, what I'm telling people is that it was a change of mindset. It was a change of the way See, I See, and thought. I want to think that he got lucky or he worked hard or uh, there's, there's got to be some tangible reason. And what I'm really saying to myself, why he could do it and I can't. 
if I can do it, then you can do it. Because again, and I know that sounds like such a cliche, right? But it really is true because we have a mind. That the issue is some people have trained their minds and developed their minds, just like muscles. Some people have trained their muscles and developed their muscles, and other people have not. And what you're looking at is the result. And let me tell you another another secret that your your guy that own that has the big company, uh, the, yeah, right, the, the big company. What what every what the five percent what what we all understand. Mind is movement. What mind is activity. Mind is movement. The body is the manifestation of that movement. Oh wow! Now you're blowing my mind here. Wait a minute. So I think that the body is the movement and you're saying, but the movement doesn't start until the mind says go. The body is a dumb terminal. <laughs> the body will do exactly what the <laughs> mind tells it to do. Now, matter of fact, case in point, there's a movie called the matrix. Yeah. Right. And in the matrix, exactly. when, when Neo, he got jacked in, they were going through the training simulation and he tried to jump off the roof like Morpheus, right. you know, and he ended up falling. I don't know if a lot of people seen that movie, but I would highly recommend people, you know, checking out the matrix because it, it pretty much breaks down how the mind works and how life might be just a big mind game. Yeah. Or exactly. They call it a simulation. Right. What, 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 and again, I'm going to tell this story, but then I'm going to get into, we're going to talk about hold that thought as far as the simulation, but what he hit, what he did was he failed. Right. And he fell off this, this, this huge building and he hit the ground smack. And the, when he hit the ground, it was like a rubbery substance. So he kind of went through and then he popped up, but then he hit the ground again. It was all asphalt concrete. And so you can tell he hit the ground with a big giant thud. Right. And so when he got out of the simulation, he kind of winced a little bit, you know, that he had hurt himself and he put his fingers in his mouth and he saw that he was, you know, there was a little blood and he looked at Morpheus. He said, I thought it wasn't real. And Morpheus said, your mind makes it real. Your mind and then he makes said, it real. He yeah. said, if you're killed in the matrix, do you die in the real world? And Morpheus said something that was so profound. He said, the body cannot live without the mind. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the mind that, that creates that movement, but it's the attitude or the feelings that allow the mind to make that movement. And let me give you an example. If you're afraid, if you're, if your thought is fear and yeah. you have that emotion of fear, the mind is going to tell the body to stop or procrastinate. Oh, yeah. yeah. But if the thought is correct, is courage, meaning that we got to, there's something that we have to do. Be brave, be strong. The Bible says to be strong and of good courage. So if the thought is, is strong in strength and the feeling and the attitude is one of courage, then it's going to tell the mind to move out. And then the body is going to respond. Paul, 5% of the population understands this, like the back of their hand. It's the other 95% that don't. I'm raising my hand. <laughs> so, yeah. so let's go back to that simulation in the, in right. the, in the matrix, what they were doing was using people as batteries as right. power sources for the, for the machine world. Right. right? And, and it's all an and, illusion. That was the whole thing in the matrix. That everything you think is real is just an illusion that they've programmed into your head here. So let me give you some shock therapy <laughs> in a capitalistic society. People are not batteries. They're not power sources. They're income producing assets for somebody else, for somebody else, for somebody else. Yikes. 
So think about this. You work, you, you trade time for money. Uh, you do this for a, for a whole week or, or two weeks. Now all of a sudden you get your paycheck. The mindset of the poor and the working poor is that I have to pay my bills. Mm-hmm. So you worked all those hours, you got that paycheck. And the first thing you started doing was giving it back to wealthy people. <laughs> Why? Because you're programmed to pay your bills. And a lot of times you're paying, you're living um, above your means. So you're actually using credit now to make other people wealthy. Now, man, think about that. You're using all of your money and you're also using credit to make other people wealthy. And there's not enough for you to save. And I'm, so because I'm working for the man, I'm not working for me. Well, the man should be you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. You, you should be the man. I should be Again, the man. I want to be the man. That's the mindset. You should be the man. You should be the boss. You should be mining your own business. And let me tell you what your business is. Your business is to acquire assets that put money in your pocket versus working to put money in somebody else's pocket. My head is exploding here. Uh, You're challenging everything I've ever been taught or believed in or observed. We all bought into the matrix. It's what we see around us. It's the reality that we live in. And you're saying, look beyond the reality. Look at the game. Look at the structure. Look at how the system is set up. Paul, if I... Let's say if you you have a pain consciousness or pain awareness, right? If you have a pain consciousness and a pain awareness, you're always going to be aware of that pain somewhere in your body. And if it's not in your body, then externally, you're going to try to find pain. But if you have a a mindset of of abundance and a mindset a mindset of peace and twin and tranquility then you're going to try to find that peace and tranquility within yourself because that's where it is. That's what emanates. Mm -hmm. And if you, when you, and when it, when you find it within yourself, then you broadcast that out to other people. And that's the signal that they pick up on. So, you know, individuals that are just negative and all they're just looking for pain and destruction, expecting to find it. And they do, and they do seek, Seek and ye shall find. The Bible says, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For whatever man, uh, whatever you you ask for, well, how does it go? If you seek, whatever you ask for, uh, I can't remember. Like I said, I'm not a Bible scholar. Yeah, you're you're doing pretty good for It goes back to reciprocity. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Well, I think that's about as much as my little pea brain can absorb here today. I'm telling you, if it's like everybody else, I think that it's not, I think it starts with two things. Uh, I'll relate it to an odd thing here. Um, I'm not an alcoholic, but uh, a couple of our show hosts are actually, and we'll tell you who they are, but they, they actually, they vetted themselves out. And my late uncle, wonderful guy was an alcoholic and all. And the, so the creed of Alcoholics Anonymous, what's the first step in recovery? is to recognize you have a problem and then to seek help. So I'm saying today to anybody listening, recognize we all have a problem with this mindset. It's been programmed into us. And maybe by recognizing it, that'll help open our eyes. And then the next step is to what? Seek help. Seek help. And let me, I'm going to add this and then we can, we can, we can uh, shut down the show with this. 
Um, when I was in the military, I was in the Navy. Uh, there was, I, I, I couldn't, every other word out of my mouth was a cuss word. <laughs> oh, word. really? Oh, and it was just, it was, I was fluent. I was, I was <laughs> you spoke profanity. well. <laughs> I mean, I spoke well. Uh, <laughs> and the second thing was drinking. Really? Okay. We would, we would work. So we we get off work and, uh, and, and, and drink. And just a matter of fact, you know, uh, on, on the base, we called it, uh, you have a, a base exchange with Navy exchange, and then you have a small package store. Mm-hmm. The package store is where they kept all the alcohol. Right. And so, I mean, to tell you how bad I was, I literally had a girlfriend that worked in the package store. So I would just drive my car and just, you know, pick up what I needed. And, and That's probably why I, she was your girlfriend. She was your connector. She was your, hey, uh, she was your dealer. Yeah. Right. Hey, it took me, took me years to, to recognize that <laughs> later, but that's exactly what it was. I had to hook up. Yeah. So anyway, to make a long story short, um, in the Navy, I drank and I cursed constantly and I got out of the, I got out of the military and I was, you know, I got to the point where I thought in my life that I wanted to become a minister. Hmm. And so, but I, in my, on my path, I realized that ministry is to serve. And so you didn't need to have a certificate or you didn't need to have to be That's ordained right. That's right. uh, to serve. Anybody can serve. And so I, I understood that reality, but again, I still enjoyed drinking and I still enjoyed as far as that profanity. And so I, I just, I came to the, to the realization. I can't, it was a thought. I said, I do not want to drink anymore. Mm-hmm. Period. I don't want to drink anymore. And I was, um, you don't uh, want to numb your brain anymore here. I, I was done with it. Right. And so I said, you know, I, I was done. And so it was, it was a three year. I, I hadn't had a drink for three years, Paul. Wow. And I found myself in a situation where I was celebrating uh, one night at a party and uh, a bottle of champagne was opened and I drank, you know, Ended up drinking from one glass to two bottles of champagne. <laughs> one glass to two bottles. That's a quick uh, one a, glass to two bottles. Had a great time. I'm not going to get into this to the scenario of the evening, but I had a great time. But it went back to uh, I. I did something. I was. It was like I. I, I broke my own rule as far as drinking. Mm-hmm. Didn't have to drink. It was a choice. I decided to do it. And then once I, again, I got onto that, I had that one glass, it led to two, three, and all of a sudden it ended up with, with two bottles. So I, again, I saw the pattern. So I told myself, this will never happen to me again. Paul, you know what? I haven't had a drink in 25 years. There you go. There you go. 25 years. And it wasn't, it, for me, I didn't go through the, um, and again, I believe if you have a problem, yes, seek help, go to Alcoholics Anonymous. They're there. It's a great organization. But I recognized that I had a problem mm-hmm. and I asked for a divine intervention. That's part of that's uh, that's step uh, three. And I believe Alcoholics Anonymous uh, recognize you have a problem, seek help, and then turn it over to a higher power. Whatever you think of that as. Yeah. I haven't had a drink in 25 years. And even, even with my, as far as my, uh, the way that I speak, um, it, it literally hurts my spirit. It hurts my soul to use profanity really and you know let me tell you why okay because that's not me yeah because it's not me it's not not who i am it's not what i want to project well um i have to with a deep sigh think about all that because there's a lot of profound uh thoughts in there for all of us it starts with the understanding that we have some control over the world around us 
or our reaction to it. And therefore, we need to recognize that it's not inevitable that we're poor and that we cl can't close the wealth gap. That's really well, what we, you're saying. Change is inevitable. Instant, change is inevitable. And the, the fallacy is that you can just stand still and, and be the same and be the same person, but that's, that's not reality. Mm -hmm. And so the enemy has always been the same. The enemy is ignorance. Mm -hmm. It's ignorance. And so faith with the faith and the belief that you want to close the wealth gap in your life, or you want to close whatever gap it is in your life, you can believe that, but there has to be a corresponding action or yeah, activity exactly. to go along with it. Because for every reaction, I'll leave with this, for every action, there's a reaction that you're talking about a reciprocity and it starts Absolutely. by taking a step, right? Absolutely. For every cause, there's an effect. How do they, if I, if they want to seek help, if they need a guidance on this, how, if they want to take need a coach, I think you're the coach. How do how do they reach you? Cause it isn't easy to get through these patterns and overcome these programmed thoughts. Well, that's why, you know, why we do the show know, and that I'm just saying, how do we reach you? If we want to learn more, just go to closing the wealth gap dot coach, closing the wealth gap dot coach, or you can go to my app, go to closing the wealth gap app.com. Wow. This was one of the most powerful shows we've done. And we've done many that made me think I'm going to be thinking about this one long after it's over here. It, Same here, buddy. Seems so Same simple here. and so hard to do. One step at a time. One step at a time. All right. One day at a time. That's it. That's our show for this week. Closing the wealth gap. The one show, the only show that shows you how to take control of your financial future. Right here in Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net.